This morning, we are going to go back into the book of Esther. We will be in Esther chapter 6, and I know this is exciting for some of you because we've been away from Esther for about six weeks now, uh, but we are back. We are back, and so it's good to, to come back. And as you're looking up Esther chapter 6 in your Bibles, let me just kind of review of, of, where, of what we've learned so far. Esther begins talking about King Ahasuerus. Now, we may not know, you may not know who King Ahasuerus is, but who he is, is King Xerxes. Xerxes the first in history books. And when you learn about Xerxes, Esther really comes alive. Because you can see now what kind of a king he was, what kind of decisions he made. But it begins with Xerxes. He's preparing to go to war against Greece. And so he throws a party. Uh, for six months, he invites his rulers to come. And at the end of the six months, he has another party for a week. And at the end of that party, end of that celebration, he commands uh, Queen Vashti to come out and parade herself in front of everybody. Well... She says, no, she's not going to do it. And so now what is the king to do? The queen disobeys him. What's procedure? What, what should he do? So he talks to his advisors, and they say, you've got to get rid of her. Because if you don't, news of this is going to spread around everywhere, and everybody is, is it's just going to be chaos, utter, utter chaos. Women everywhere are going to start disobeying their husbands because of Vashti. you got to get rid of her. Make her an example. So Xerxes does that. Well, afterwards, a couple years later, he feels bad now. He misses her, but she can't come back. So his, his young advisors tell him, hey, why don't you get the most beautiful women out of the 127 provinces that are under your reign, get all these women have them come, and you can choose who is going to be the next queen. Now, Xerxes is like, hey, that is a great idea. So they gathered, I would assume, at least 127 women, if not more. And they interviewed. They would spend the evening with King Xerxes. And then in the morning, he would say, yes, you're my queen, or no, you're just a concubine. And he would put them out. And so this happened night after night after night. And we also learned that this seems like it was shortly um, his choosing a new queen would have happened probably shortly after his defeat. Because when he attacked Greece, he lost. So he lost. He goes back and, he, and he's getting his choosing his queen. And he comes along Esther. And Esther found favor in his sight. So he chooses Esther as his new queen, and things are going things are going well. Shortly thereafter, there was an assassination plot on King Xerxes' life, and Mordecai found out about it. Now, Mordecai, if you remember, was Esther's cousin. He um, raised her because her parents died at a young age. So he took care of her, raised her up, and when she was selected to uh, be one of the, the prospects 
for, for Queen, he told her, don't tell anybody that you're a Jew, because both Mordecai and Esther were Jewish. And she did. She kept it a secret. So Mordecai found out about this assassination plot, and he told Esther. Esther told the king, and the king searched it out, and it happened to be true. And so those guys were killed. And shortly after that, Haman comes on the scene. And Haman is uh, Xerxes' right-hand man. He is number two in the entire Persian Empire. And Haman and Mordecai despise each other. There is no love for each other. In fact, when Xerxes tells people, makes a, makes a decree, that you need to bow down and worship Haman, Mordecai doesn't do that. Well, Haman doesn't appreciate that. And so Haman is just out to get Mordecai. Out to get him. Um, and then not just Mordecai, but all Jews. And so he tricks Xerxes into, uh, into giving... Haman tricks Xerxes to give him permission to annihilate all the Jews within the Persian Empire. Haman goes up to Xerxes and says, Hey, there are these people. They cause problems. Let me get rid of them. Xerxes says, Okay, go ahead. Do it. So the, the, the lot is cast and everything. And at the end of the year, this is going to take place. The Jews will be annihilated. Mordecai finds out and he starts to mourn. Esther finds out that Mordecai is mourning and she says, stop it. Get up. And he says, you don't know what just happened. So he tells her and, and there's a conversation back and forth and he tells her and says, hey just because you're queen doesn't mean you're not going to get out of this. It's going to be found out that you, that you are a Jew and your life will be in danger as well. Talk to the king. At first, she refuses. At first, she doesn't want to go. And I, don't, and I don't blame her. I wouldn't want to go either. Because if you approach the king, King Xerxes, without permission, you could be killed. That's part of the Persian law. If you approach the king without being called, he has to hold out the golden scepter to you. If he doesn't, you are to be killed. That's just how it is. That's just how it is is so she says fine I'll go to him but you guys need to fast for three days so they do that they fast and finally she goes and she approaches Xerxes and Xerxes says Esther come on what do you want anything well she says I want to invite you to a feast you and Haman only guests the three of us let's eat <laughs> Xerxes is like yeah give me some food Haman's like, sweet, I get invited to a party with just the king and just the queen. I'm somebody special. So they have this meal. At the end of the meal, Xerxes says, okay, Esther, what do you want? She's like, I want you to come back tomorrow night. Let me feed you again, and then I'll let you know what I want. He says, okay. Haman goes home, and on his way home, he's just happy. He's like, man, I am somebody special. Until he comes across Mordecai on his way home. Because everybody else is bowing down to Haman. Except for who? Mordecai. Mordecai just won't do it. Anyways, that puts Haman into a bad mood. He goes home. Tells his, his wife and his friends all about the stinking Mordecai. 
and what a horrible guy he is. Well, they have this great idea. Why don't you build a gallows 75 feet high and hang him on it? Now, it's not a gallows where he's hung around the neck. It's a gallows where he's pierced and he's hanging up and his body's out for display. Haman thinks that's a great idea. Tomorrow morning, I am going to talk to Xerxes and I'm going to make that happen. So that's where we are today. Uh, the last verse in, in chapter 5 says this. It says, uh, verse 14, says, then, w- then his wife Zeresh, or Zeresh and all his friends said to him, Let a gallows fifty cubits high be made, and in the morning tell the king to have Mordecai hanged on it. Then go joyfully with the king to the feast. This idea pleased Haman, and he had the gallows made. So that's where we're at today. So before we begin Esther chapter 6, let's go ahead and just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Lord, we just come before you uh, again today. Lord, we just thank you just for your love for us. Lord, and even when things don't seem to be going our way, when we just go through difficulties, Lord, I just pray that you would guide and direct us. Uh, Help us, Lord, to follow you every step of the way. Help us, Lord, to always to uh, just to put you first. Lord, and to seek your will above our own. I just pray for today, Lord, that as we, as we go through your word, that you would guide and direct us. Lord, help me to um, speak your word, to speak your truth clearly. Lord, that our lives would be changed, that we would have a desire to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Thank you for all that you've done and, and continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So this chapter begins with an innocent um, review. And an innocent review because uh, one thing we're going to learn about today, which I forgot <laughs> forgot to mention, is this chapter has an unexpected twist in it. We've been reading along, and if you have never read uh, Esther before, and you don't know what's going to happen, it is up to this point, Mordecai is going to get his. Mordecai, he's going to die. Exactly how, exactly when, not really sure, but it's going to happen soon. It's just, it's inevitable. But we, what we have here today is an unexpected twist. Have you ever watched a movie and you think it's going to go one way and then bam, it turns around and, and, and it ends up somewhere else? There is a, a movie, it's a cult classic, it's an older movie. Um, but how many have you ever seen it? It's called Psycho. Old movie. I, I didn't see it as a, as a kid growing up. I keep hearing about it. Like, man, it's it's a good movie. So one day I thought, okay, I'm gonna watch it. So I was I'm watching this movie and I'm like, man, this movie is bad. It's cheesy. It's it's not really that good. It's not that entertaining. This is ridiculous. I don't know why this movie is so good. And then the ending happens. And I'm just like blown away. The twist at the end of that movie, absolutely astounding. Phenomenal. In fact, that twist that's in that movie makes it amazing. Really amazing movie. Unexpected twist. But let's read the first three verses here as we talk about an innocent 
review. First, uh, verse 1, 1 to 3. It says, On that night the king could not sleep, and he gave orders to bring the book of uh, memorable deeds, the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written how Mordecai had told about Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs, who guarded the threshold, and who had sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor or distinction has uh, been bestowed on Mordecai for this? The king's young men who attended him said, Nothing has been done for him. Innocent review. Right? How did it start? Well, it started with a sleepless night. How many of you have ever had a sleepless night? You went to bed and... and there are a hundred reasons why people can't sleep at night. Maybe they're excited about what's going on tomorrow. Maybe um, they're worried about something. Maybe their mind is just going. They're, there's a problem and they're just trying to solve it. Maybe they're not feeling well. Who knows? But in this case, this night, Xerxes couldn't sleep. What's interesting is it happened, it happened to be that night. Out of all the nights that Xerxes couldn't sleep, he couldn't sleep this night. Amazing. So what do you do when you have a, a sleepless night? Some people, I, I heard as a kid, right, you count sheep. Now I've tried counting sheep to put me to sleep. That doesn't work. Some people listen to music. Some people will, will turn the TV on and just watch something. Now, I do that sometimes, but if I do that, I make sure that what's on is something that I've seen several times before. That way I'm not like glued to it, but just some background noise. Xerxes, what did he do this night? Well, he had a bedtime story read to him. A bedtime story. Now, what was read? It was the Chronicles. It was the history of his reign. The history of his reign. What did he, what did he do during his time? And as it was read to him, they read about Mordecai. They read about Mordecai. And a delayed reward. A delayed reward. Because the king asked, was there anything done about it? And they said, no, nothing. Now just think about those three verses for a second. What are the odds? Okay, not that we do statistics, but, but what are the odds that this night, the night that the gallows were being built, that Xerxes couldn't sleep, that he asked to be read, and he could have had a bunch of other things done. He could have had music played for him. He could have asked for a companion. He, he could have done this. He could have done that. But he chose to have this read. Not only that, but they read about Mordecai. Out of all of the things that they could have read, specifically read about Mordecai. And not only that, but Mordecai wasn't rewarded. Which was interesting because Persian kings were known. If you saved their life, if there was an assassination attempt, and you saved their life, they would reward you instantly. Mordecai wasn't. Why not? Well, humanly speaking, we don't know. But God knows. And, and us on this side of history can look back and we know why. 
because of the events that are about to unfold here in chapter 6. If Mordecai was rewarded instantly, which would have been about five years ago, five years prior to this, the king wouldn't have been like, okay, we need to do something about it. So, so there's a delayed reward. Well, now we have a misguided suggestion. A misguided suggestion. Let's read verses 4 to 9. It says this. And the king said, who was in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the king's palace to speak to the king about having Mordecai hanged on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's young men told him, Haman is there, standing in the court. And the king said, let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said to him, what should be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? And Haman said to himself, whom would the king delight to honor more than me? And Haman said to the king, For the man whom the king delights to honor, let the royal robes be brought, which the king has worn, and the horse that the king has ridden, and on whose head a royal crown is set. And let the robes and the horse be handed over to, the one, to one of the king's most noble officials. Let them dress the man uh, whom the king delights to honor, and let them lead him on the horse through the square of the city proclaiming before him. Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. So what does, what does Xerxes do, which is something that he does if he has a question, if there's a decision to be made, is he seeks counsel. He's like, hey, who should I ask? So he asks his, his young man, hey, who's out there? And who's there? Haman. Now, why is Haman there at this time, this early in the morning? Because he's going to ask the king if he can kill Mordecai. So when the king calls for him, Mordecai, er, Haman's going in there, and he's excited, I bet. He's like, oh, I get to ask. Oh, so she's like, hey, I have something to ask you first. And maybe it was like that. I have something to ask you. Okay, king, you go first. What would you recommend? What, how could I show honor to somebody? Now, Haman, being as selfish as he is, is thinking that the king is talking about him. Which is interesting, because if Xerxes would have said, hey, I want to honor Mordecai, what would you recommend? We would have gotten a completely different answer. But because Haman thought it was talking about himself, he says, give him your clothing, give him your horse, parade him around a town, and tell, and tell everybody that you honor this guy. You want to honor this guy. And Haman thinks it's about himself. This reminds me of another movie. A Disney movie called Aladdin. Remember Aladdin? There's Jafar. Right? He, he's, a, he's a magician. And he is the sultan's like number two guy. Number two guy. Desire is to be a sultan. Well, greed overtakes him. And, you know, then he wants to become sultan. Well, that's not good enough. So then he wants to become the most powerful magician, sorcerer in the world, and that's in the universe, and that's not enough. So then he wants to be the, the most powerful genie in the universe. And that actually imprisons him. Haman's no different. Haman is thirsty for power. 
So he wants to be treated like a king. In fact, probably a little above the king because he's wearing the king's clothes. He's doing everything. Just being set up above the king. So Haman shares this idea. He says, Xerxes, here's an idea. This is what you should do. Man, what a great idea. Haman right now, probably so puffed up. Not ready for what happens next. Let's go and read about this difficult command that Xerxes gives. Verses 10 and 11. It says, Then the king said to Haman, Hurry, take the robes and the horse, as you have said, and do so to Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Leave out nothing that you have mentioned. So Haman took the robes and the horse, and he dressed Mordecai and led him through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Difficult man. Xerxes gives a mandate, and Haman follows orders. How difficult do you think it would have been for Haman in that moment? Yeah, honor me. What'd you just say? You want me to honor Mordecai? Can you imagine being in Haman's sandals in that moment? Can you imagine that? Here you are, you wake up this morning and you're ready to kill this guy. And now you have to honor him. Well, Haman really didn't have a choice. But how difficult was that? So he does it. He grabs him, Mordecai, parades him around town, and does that. Timing. <laughs> timing is everything. And God's timing is perfect. So he does this. And now let's read about an accurate pr prediction. An accurate prediction. Verses 12 to 14. Then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. And Haman told his wife Zeresh and all his friends everything that had happened to him. Then his wise men and his wife Zeresh said to him, If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him, and he will surely fall. While they were yet talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried to bring Haman to the feast that Esther had prepared. An accurate prediction. What was the prediction? It's about Haman's impending defeat. Think about this. This is done. Haman obeyed the king's orders, which was Haman's idea. Mordecai goes back to the gate. Mordecai goes back to work. Just another day. I wonder if Mordecai really felt kind of silly being paraded. I'm not sure if he gloated Haman or if he's just like, what do you do? It's five minutes of fame. But it does show too, like, like earthly fame is nothing. Famous people, if that's where they find their happiness in, 
they're not happy. Our joy is complete only in Jesus Christ, not in the things of this world. And how does Haman come home? Morning, his head's covered. He's in chains. He gets home, gathers his wife and his friends and says, let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you about today. I went in there seeking to, to get Mordecai killed, asking for his life, and instead I had to honor him in front of everybody. And then his wife and his wise men, his friends, responded, Oh, apparently he really is a Jew. And anybody who's ever gone against the Jews has lost. Sorry, Haman. <laughs> you shouldn't have taken our advice from last night. You're doomed. You're going to lose. It's interesting how many people hate the Jews. Time and time again, people have tried to annihilate the Jews. They've never been successful. They never will be successful. But it's amazing how hate in this world, in our society, is not tolerated. Unless you hate the Jews. Then it's free speech. Then it's okay. What a shame. But should the Jews be surprised? No. God chose them. What about us as believers? Should we be surprised when the world hates us and attacks us? No. We're his children. The church is the bride of Christ. We should expect to be picked on. We should expect to be, to be beaten up every now and then by the world too many Christians we try, to, we try to be like the world so that way we don't stand out because we don't want to be singled out we don't want to be weird we don't want to be picked on but that's wrong that's wrong we need to stand up for what we believe in knowing that God's enemies are going to lose God's children are going to survive. So this chapter here, we read a little bit about Mordecai, but do we read about Mordecai working and, and making things better for the Jews? This unexpected twist that we talked about today? No. Esther. Do we read about Esther? Just a little bit. She's having supper again. And Haman... He's got to get over his morning, and he's got to go to supper. Maybe that'll brighten up his day. His whole world is crashing down on him. The word God, right? God himself is not mentioned in the book of Esther. We know that. However, you read chapter 6, and the only way these events could happen is because God's always working. God is 
always working. Even when we don't see it, God is working. Mordecai saved the king's life five years earlier. Nothing happened. No reward. Man. It'd be tough. If you were that nice to somebody, you saved somebody's life and, and you didn't get it, anything for it. Now, if they're poor, you wouldn't expect a whole lot. But if they were rich, you'd, ex- you'd expect some money, at least. But nothing. Mordecai had to wait for five years. But don't you think he was glad that he did? If he would have gotten his, his reward five years earlier, chapter 6 would have been different. That day would have been different. You know, some people speculate about why Xerxes couldn't sleep that night. Some people think that maybe because of the, of the gallows being built that that kept him up. Now, wouldn't that be odd? the king couldn't sleep because of Haman's hatred for Mordecai. And Mordecai was saved because of Haman's hatred. What should we remember from this chapter? Well, two big things. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. He's in charge. Even when it doesn't look like, even when it looks like the entire Jewish population is going to be annihilated. Who's in charge? God's in charge. Who knows what's going on? God does. Who knows how it's going to end? God does. He is sovereign. In your life right now, it may seem like your, your, your life is, is going off. It's just a, a whirlwind. It may feel like right now that you don't have any sort of control in your life? But remember, you don't have any control in your life. God has control. We need to be okay with that. Because He is in control, because He is in control, we can sleep easy at night. Because He is in control, we can know that he will take care of us. That he will give us what we need. Remember that this week. God's in control. Let's pray.